So we've got a major update for you in regards to our last episode because the deadline for a deal came and went and on Thursday morning, SAG-AFTRA's national board officially called for a strike with actors and writers standing in solidarity against the studios, specifically the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers or AMPTP. Uh, so we're, we're just going to play a clip of SAG Union President Fran Drescher announcing the strike early on Thursday because she sums it up better than we ever could. Ah, I'm Fran Drescher, we're going on strike! The nanny. I cannot believe it, quite frankly, how far apart we are on so many things, how they plead poverty, that they're losing money left and right when giving hundreds of millions of dollars to their CEOs. It is disgusting. Shame on them. The entire business model has been changed by streaming, digital, AI. If we don't stand tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. We are all going to be in jeopardy of being replaced by machines and big business. Who cares more about Wall Street than you and your family? Okay, she was a little more eloquent than I would yes. have guessed. Mm -hmm. I guess she doesn't that always a, use that voice. That was uh, her acting in the in that series. Wow, I mean, she is good. Yeah. I thought she was always like that, but no. That's nope. the magic of acting. And that's <laughs> why they put her in charge of their union. Yes. But as an added argument regarding one of the many reasons that SAG-AFTRA has joined the strike, the union's chief negotiator, Duncan Crabtree Ireland, great name, mm -hmm. called out the AMPTP's claim that they had offered some sort of uh, groundbreaking proposal regarding AI and actors' digital likenesses. Guys, I think you're going to like this. <laughs> uh, he's saying during a press conference, quote, this groundbreaking AI proposal that they gave us yesterday, they proposed that our background performers should be able to be scanned, get one day's pay, and their company should own that scan, their image, their likeness, and should be able to use it for the rest of eternity on any project they want with no consent and no compensation. So if you think that's a groundbreaking proposal, I suggest you think again. Woo! Yeah. I, uh, I did background work for a year or two back in my desperate <laughs> post-graduation, post-total uh, economic collapse mm -hmm. days. And um, yeah, it was already pretty bad, but this would have definitely been just, okay, fuck this. They're gonna That's go back in time and, and scan your face off of uh, the call sheet and put you in stuff forever now. I mean, it was pretty funny though, learning that uh, in, in large crowd shots, they fill the first like five rows with actual people. And then beyond that, they stagger people in with these like inflatable dummies yeah. and then everything from like 10 rows back is dummies with like maybe one real person every 10 or so people to like add some movement there to it. Go. Yeah. But yeah, so they, they've been replacing us humans for a <laughs> while, but this is on a neck on a whole new level mm -hmm. and it's uh, creepy and scary and, and bad and wrong. It's, it is funny that uh, every, everything that the AMPTP or any of the studio executives says out loud they think they're saying something that is uh, meeting them halfway or saying something nice or anything. It just comes out the worst possible way. They are insanely out of touch. Yes. Like <laughs> on a satirical level of being out of touch with the wants and needs of uh, the people they're negotiating with and have been negotiating with for months now. Mm -hmm. Like this is an insane thing to be like, 
Guys, I think I've figured out how to avoid this strike. You're gonna love this. Yeah. We scan your soul and then we own it forever. And we pay you once. How about that? Pretty cool, huh? Pretty great. So in addition to that, the cast of Oppenheimer immediately walked out of the film's London premiere as soon as the strike was made official. Here's Deadline with more on that. Oppenheimer director Christopher Nolan told the crowd at the film's London premiere Thursday that the cast of his film had left and are off to write their picket signs as SAG-AFTRA prepares to go on strike. Quote, I have to acknowledge the work of our incredible cast, led by Killian Murphy, Nolan said from the stage. The list is enormous. Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Kenneth Branagh, Rami Malek, and so many more. You've seen them here earlier on the red carpet. Unfortunately, they are off to write their picket signs for what we believe to be an imminent strike by SAG, joining one of my guilds, the Writers Guild, in the struggle for fair wages for working members of their union. And Barbie has also shown her support for the strike as well. And that's also in what was likely the last press event for the Barbie film, because uh, Margot Robbie was quoted saying that she will absolutely be a part of the strike and told Sky News, I'm very much in support of all of the unions and I'm part of SAG, so I would absolutely stand by that. I highly doubt Mattel ever made a uh, labor strike Barbie. Now's the time. But uh, I mean, it, I know in the action figures community, there's a whole like custom scene. I mean, we got some custom action figures yeah, there you go. back there of us. I wonder if there's a similar, uh, Similar scene on the Barbie side of things. There's uh, th probably some interesting Barbies that are Mattel could never release on their own. Yes, but... that that would be the Lisa Lionheart doll from the Simpsons episode <laughs> where they need to uh, have a woman that stands up for herself. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, with that latest update out of the way, let's focus back on politics for yeah. a second because some wild shit has been happening all over the political spectrum this week. Did we find out whose cocaine it was? No, and there were no fingerprints. And they literally closed the case. They're yep. like, look, we tried everything. It was probably the men in black. Anyway, so uh, the cocaine user remains at large, but <laughs> a lot of news this week, including some blatant and shocking racism out of some members of which party was it? Oh, the GOP. I'm, mm -hmm. oh, what? Uh, <laughs> starting with Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville. What a name who is currently blocking the appointment of military personnel based on an abortion policy held by the Department of Defense. Hmm. In response to this blockade, President Joe Biden called the action ridiculous and totally irresponsible, adding that the idea that we don't have a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the idea that we have all these promotions and we don't know what's going to happen, the idea that we're injecting into fundamental foreign policy decisions what, in fact, is a domestic social debate is bizarre. Bizarre. Things got even weirder earlier in the week, though, with Tuberville even drawing the ire of members of his own party after he doubled down on statements that he made about, hmm, white nationalism. Yeah, this Tommy Tuberville thing has been happening for, like, at least a month, and... Uh, it's, it started in May with, like, a radio appearance It's kind of, it seems like it's kind of a solo mission. <laughs> this is not, uh, the, the rest of his party is like, Tommy, uh, look, we get it. No, I'm going to go on CNN and we double hate, down. We hate, a, we hate women's right to choose just as much as the next guy, but uh, you're, you're going a little too you're, far you're with You're out of your own with this one. Yeah. Uh, so he, he did an interview with a local radio station back in May, and when he was asked this week about those statements during an interview with CNN's Caitlin Collins, he replied saying that his opinion of white nationalists is that they're an American. I mean, technically. Yeah, he, you know, he's... I guess, but... Uh, well, I mean, there, there are a lot of white nationalists in other countries, so no. Uh, yeah, you're actually. right. Yeah. Uh, he called the idea that white nationalists believe that the white race is superior just an opinion. 
Okay, no, that is actually what they believe. Yes, that's that's I, the it, definition of the and term. It, and it is an opinion that they hold. However, I would I would argue, this is just me, some opinions are bad. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, here's a clip from that segment. If if people think that a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. I agree they should A white nationalist be. is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races. Well, that, that's some people's opinion. Uh, and I don't think, What's I mean, a lot. Uh, pardon? What's your opinion? My opinion of a white nationalist, if somebody wants to call him white nationalist, to me is an American. It's an American. Now, if that white nationalist is a racist, I'm totally against anything that they want to do because I am 110% against racism. All right. So uh, their follow up reporting includes some responses from members of Tuberville's party. On Tuesday, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell called white nationalism unacceptable. Unacceptable. Asked by CNN if he was concerned by Tuberville's refusal to denounce it, McConnell replied, White supremacy is simply unacceptable in the military and in the whole country. Senator John Thune, the Republican whip, told reporters there is no place for white nationalists in the Republican Party or the military. And then he weirdly winked. No, that's not in the article. <laughs> <laughs> Refuting Tuberville's comments and saying, I'm not sure exactly what he was trying to say there. I mean, I would just say that there is no place for white nationalism in our party. And I think that is kind of full stop, Thune said. When pressed on if there was room for white nationalists in the military, Thune said, there's no place for it there either. And then he winked like three or four he times. He kept winking. It was really <laughs> weird. I asked if he had something in his eye and he said, uh, just the twinkle of hope. Yeah. That everyone's understanding what I'm really saying here. I'm sorry. I don't know who John Thune is. Maybe he's maybe he's all right. But, yeah. I, uh, this, it is it is always hilarious when they're like, white nationalists in the Republican Party I would never be oh. able to believe that. I mean, how would they even how in would that our military? <laughs> no. Uh, Tuberville finally capitulated after receiving backlash from his fellow members, finally saying in concise terms, white nationalists are racist. There, I said it. Oh God. It is so funny that like he just came out and said that very short, concise statement like, all right, fine, you got me. All right, white nationalists are racist. And I just learned this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, if you just like Google I'm the just term. finding this out for the first time. It, if you Google like <laughs> in any, any definition yeah. of the term, any explanation throughout history of the term is going to say, it's a movement that puts the white race on a pedestal and hopes to yeah. protect the white race. Yeah, uh, and uh, through, you know, Hitler-like means, deportations, they want to rid the country of the non-white members of American society. Yeah. Uh, which would necessarily involve <laughs> violence and death. It yeah. Is, it is a... The eradication of others. It is a racist ideology full stop. So thank you, Mr. Tuberville, for yeah. acknowledging that obvious fact. Seemingly against your own will. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is important that people held his feet to the flames and essentially forced him to clarify this because providing this false narrative around what white nationalism even is allows racists across the country to hide behind misinterpreted definitions of what they represent. Obfuscating the term allows it the oxygen that it needs to survive and thrive in a country that is already insanely divided. Because it just it it, it makes it so that oh, well that's not what I mean by saying I'm a white nationalist. I define it as more like what Tuberville's saying. Yeah. Someone who's proud of their country. 
Nothing wrong with being proud. Ugh. So the idea that a sitting senator, one who is also bringing the government to a halt because of his religious beliefs, should be allowed to tacitly support white nationalism should be offensive to any American. But not to be outdone, though, a Republican congressman from Arizona named Eli Crane was debating the issue of race in the military when he decided to say the quiet part out loud, too, referring to colored people <laughs> during his time on the House floor. Okay. Here's Insider with more. On Thursday evening, a freshman Republican member of Congress used the phrase colored people while debating the issue of race in the military with Democratic Representative Joyce Beatty of Ohio, a black woman. Representative Eli Crane, a member of the hard right House Freedom Caucus, had offered an amendment to the annual defense spending authorization bill that he said would prevent the consideration of race, gender, religion, or political affiliations, or any other ideological concepts as the sole basis for recruitment, training, education, promotion, or retention decisions. The quote, which as you'll hear in the video, drew a smattering of shocked voices, also resulted in Representative Beatty demanding that the words be stricken from the record. Yeah. I didn't say that. No, no, no. The the uh, woman he was uh, talking with on the floor was like, uh, I would like those words stricken from the record. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, here, have a look. My amendment has nothing to do with whether or not colored people or black people or anybody can serve. Okay? It has nothing to do with color, skin, your, any of that stuff. What we want to... What we want to preserve and maintain is the fact that our military does not become a social experiment. Mr. Speaker, to be recognized to have the words colored people. For what purposes generally seek recognition? I'd like to be recognized to have the words colored people stricken uh, from the record. I find it offensive and very inappropriate. And as for why this is all really fucking bad... Well, what does NAACP stand for, huh? <laughs> that, that, not that it shouldn't hmm? already be obvious, but every tiny inch of ground that is given to normalizing shit like this, especially from elected officials, allows racists to feel safe out in the open. In case in point, over the past few days and weeks in various cities in Kentucky... Flyers promoting the literal KKK have been making their way around town and have been posted onto local businesses as well as area churches and in some cases just thrown onto the lawns of citizens. Here you go. The flyers themselves had various sayings printed on them alongside striking imagery of clan members and symbols for local KKK organizations. And it's bad enough that we can't even show the flyers themselves. But there are links down to, uh, in the description below, to local news articles, and you can see just how egregious these are. It is, is the KKK, they're just Americans with opinions. Uh, yeah, in Tuberville's definition. I mean, those are still Americans. They're still Americans, you can't deny that. <laughs> Luckily, at least two of the people alleged to be responsible for distributing these flyers have now been arrested by local police. For what? How, they're they're for, speaking for, their for, minds? For passing out flyers? <laughs> For having a, you know, a, a differing opinion. <laughs> uh, here's local NBC outlet WSMV with the update. One man and a teenager have been arrested after allegedly posting KKK flyers around Columbia, according to the Columbia Police Department. Police say they arrested a 38-year-old man and a 17-year-old boy at 4.30 p.m. on Thursday. 
Both suspects have been charged with civil rights intimidation, CPD said. We have been working with members of our community and the Maury County Sheriff's Department and during the press conference Wednesday evening announced that we had strong leads in this case and anticipated an arrest in the near future. The Columbia Police Department will continue to work diligently on this incident to determine if these individuals acted alone or if more offenders are involved. We will also continue to work closely with our community and make efforts to deter senseless acts such as this from occurring in Columbia. And, oh, okay, so civil rights violation. Yeah, I guess we do have laws on the yeah. books for that. And can you guess what the Twitter blue check reaction to all of these being posted was? I think I just did what the Twitter reaction was. What about, it's free speech. No, it was, this is Antifa. Oh, it's, to make, oh, it's to a make false everyone flag. Look bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, even uh, a former GOP representative from Kentucky was on a, a radio show and said that this was a, quote, Jussie Smollett situation. So that's where that's where we are right now. Thank you, Jesse Smollett, once again, for <laughs> what will probably be decades of uh, being referenced anytime anything happens. Yeah. Very cool. But let's lighten the mood just a little bit here and make fun of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. <laughs> that's right. Uh, because when he is not regurgitating the same exact conspiracy theories that made Alex Jones a laughingstock, specifically that chemicals in the water are turning the frickin' frogs gay, He's attending lavish dinners in New York's Upper East Side to promote his hopefully doomed presidential bid. Now, things took a bit of an awkward turn uh, on Tuesday night when an argument over climate change resulted in a biological attack by way of flatulence. Yeah, someone literally farted in protest. It was a... He, drew, he was just standing by watching this take place. Uh, didn't interject hmm. because his thoughts on climate change are... Unelectable. Yeah, uh, no, he, uh, this guy fucking sucks so much. Yeah. Um, so he just stood by and watched as the argument devolved into people yelling and then uh, proudly farting and announcing that they were farting. Uh, here's page six with more on this. Page six regrets to report that a press dinner to boost Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign descended into a foul bout of screaming and polemic farting Tuesday night. A shouting match over climate change broke out between two boisterous old men, sending the evening down an extremely unfortunate path. The gaseous exchange, to which Page Six bore reluctant witness, began after a guest asked Kennedy, founder of the ecological organization Waterkeeper Alliance, about the environment. It continues, it seems that the mere inquiry was enough to set off apparently drunk gossip columnist turned flack Doug Detchert, the host of the event, who became enraged and screamed at the top of his lungs, the climate hoax. Meanwhile, octogenarian art critic Anthony Hayden Guest, who appeared to have been sleeping happily for most <laughs> of the dinner, was roused by the abrupt rumpus. <laughs> he suddenly opened his eyes and denounced his longtime pal Detchert, calling him a miserable blob. Shut up, implored Hayden Guest. Hayden Guest tells us he was not asleep. I was just thinking, he told us, and says he is the one who asked the question about the environment. Detchert continued to scream wildly about the climate change scam while Hayden Guest peppered him with verbal volleys from across the table, calling him variously fucking insane and insignificant. Here, it seems, Detchert sensed the need for a new rhetorical tack and let rip a loud, prolonged fart while yelling as if to underscore his point. I'm farting! <laughs> I'm sorry, this is... 
<laughs> this is great. The room, which included a handful of journalists as well as Kennedy's campaign manager, former Representative Dennis Kucinich, what? Was stunned, <laughs> seemingly unsure about whether Detchert was farting at Hayden Guest personally or at the very notion of global warming. Okay. Dennis, you don't have to do this. <laughs> no. Dennis Kucinich, this man, he's the ultimate short king. His mm. wife is like a foot taller than him and like 15 years younger than him. And uh, yeah, he's living proof that height is just a number. <laughs> he didn't have to do this, Dennis. Yeah. Anyway, they add that the candidate maintained a steady composure in the face of the crisis. Great. So yeah, when, you know, when World War III happens, he will be steadfast and calm composed and unaffected by the gas filling the room. In just one generation, the Kennedys have gone from like hanging out with movie stars, and and royalty, having sex with Marilyn Monroe to whatever the fuck this is. It's uh I mean, I mean I, Cheryl Hines looks great. She does. I, I really feel for her, but I uh, this has made me like her a whole lot less That's just right. by association. Mm -hmm. but yeah, this guy fucking sucks. He's running as a Democrat and seems to have uh, you know, tricked at least a handful of like uh high follower count like leftists and liberals, but uh everyone else who supports him is just a straight up like MAGA Republican. Yeah, there uh, there was a, an article that was talking about how his campaign financing is coming from the same people who are donating to Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and it's just like the only people really posting about anything this guy does are just... The Yang Gang. Not even that. <laughs> just like straight up conservatives. That guy Benny Johnson, he loves RFK Jr. Yeah, because he's like a chaos candidate in the Democratic Party. Yeah. He takes votes away from Joe Biden. That's why. Yeah, um, he's going to get less than a percent if he even makes it to the primary. Yeah. Anyways, we do have more news to get to, of course. But first, let's take a quick second to thank today's sponsor for supporting the show. Ding, ding, ding. Time to have fun cooking and eating this summer. What? Thanks to America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Hello. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-crafted seasonal recipes to their new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. Pre-portioned ingredients help you cut down on food waste while step-by-step -step instructions make cooking a breeze, not a chore. Make your home the hangout place this summer with crowd-pleasing eats. From a backyard bratwurst bar to tangy key lime pie, HelloFresh Market makes summer entertaining a cinch. Looking to eat well this summer? HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan dinners to choose from. Mm. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavorful recipes that leave you feeling satisfied. HelloFresh wants you to have it all, free time and fresh, tasty food. That's why they take care of the meal planning and deliver the ingredients so everything you need to whip up a delicious meal arrives right to your door. When you need dinner fast, don't call for delivery. Think HelloFresh. Their fast and fresh recipes are ready in just 15 minutes or less. Plus, HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout. Some of our favorites from their menu this week include the one-pan sweet and spicy cashew pork tacos with gokujang sauce and tangy slaw. Ready in just 15 minutes. And if you're looking for something healthy, vegetarian, and delicious, try their creamy lemon spinach ricotta ravioli with bell pepper and parmesan. 
So check out HelloFresh and start cooking delicious meals at home today. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NewsDump50 and use code NewsDump50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash NewsDump50 and use code NewsDump50 for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Number one. Mm -hmm. Back on the political beat, though. It looks like the Republican investigation into the Biden crime family yeah. has hit yet another embarrassing snag because one of their informants who mysteriously went missing over the past few months has turned out to be, uh-oh, a Chinese spy. <laughs> oh, hey, where's that informant we had that was going to blow oh, the lid off of this fuck. <laughs> Biden crime family thing? Well. Oh, oh, what's that you say? Oh, brokering deals with the Libyans, huh? Okay. So yeah, uh, here's the New Republic with more on this uh, this this goof, <laughs> this real bungle, this blunder. <laughs> Gal Luft, the co-head of an energy think tank, has repeatedly accused President Joe Biden and his family of accepting millions of dollars in bribes from China. FBI agents interviewed Luft, who holds U.S. and Israeli citizenship, in Brussels in 2019 over his claims. The bureau decided not to pursue the investigation further after speaking with him, but Republicans have latched onto his accusations nonetheless. I want to point out that uh, they investigated him for these claims during the Trump administration. So, okay, if you it, it, at any point if they thought this was a legitimate thing, you would assume that uh, they would have well, gone yeah, after him. You know, the deep state is very uh, it's deep. very deep, very deep. Luft, Luft, Luft Ballone, who again has repeatedly charged the Biden family of Chinese corruption, was charged Monday night with brokering deals for China, Iran, and even Libya. Woo! Bingo! That's a Yahtzee. A U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York released a statement alleging that in 2016, Luft paid a former Trump advisor on behalf of Chinese principals without registering as a foreign agent to push policies favorable to China. Yeah, so I thought it was Joe Biden who was the Chinese agent, but no. you're telling me the guy who told us that Joe Biden... What? Crazy. This has got a lot of twists in here. Is this the new Mission Impossible movie? <laughs> the reporting continues, adding that the attorney's office accused Luft of setting up meetings between Iranian officials and a Chinese energy company for potential oil deals in violation of U.S. sanctions on Iran. Luft also allegedly worked as an illicit arms dealer. <laughs> okay, sure. Attempting to broker the sale of weapons to China, Libya, Kenya, and the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> What a cool guy. Luft is not currently in U.S. custody. He was arrested in Cyprus in February, but fled when he was released on bail to await extradition. He has repeatedly insisted that the Biden administration is trying to silence him, a claim on which Republicans have gladly seized. He's literally fleeing for his life right now. He's on the run, Senator Ron Johnson said of Luft Sunday. Speaking to Fox News' Maria Bartiromo, Johnson said Luft is an important witness. He needs to be granted immunity to be able to testify and tell his story. House Republicans have accused the Bidens of accepting bribes and influence peddling, but their months-long investigation has yet to produce any actual proof. Things took an odd turn in May when House Oversight Chair James Comer, who was spearheading the investigation, admitted that one of his key informants had gone missing. That informant was later revealed to be Luft. Comer actually bragged just last week about what a good source Luft is. Quote, he's very credible. And the people on MSNBC who made fun of me when I said we had an informant that was missing, they should feel like fools right now, he told Newsmax on Thursday. This is their worst nightmare. Oh, geez. Turns out, they got you. They got you. Wow. What, mm -hmm. a, what a saga. If I was doing international arms dealing and illegal uh, lobbying on behalf of hostile governments, I would simply not uh, try to 
get in the limelight for accusations. Uh, it, yeah, but in the U.S. Yeah, I'd probably just lay low. <laughs> probably, <laughs> uh, probably not court controversy like this. Mm-hmm. But you know the, it's the the allure of Hollywood. <laughs> That's right. I want a movie made about me. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Biden, though, you kind of. You got, kind of got to hand it to him. Yeah. Uh, the recession is turning out to not be as bad as anticipated, despite the constant stream of doom and gloom from members of the GOP. Uh, inflation has dropped sharply based off new CPI numbers, and unemployment remains at a record low. <laughs> Obviously, things aren't perfect. We're far from out of the woods. But in general economic terms, things are better than experts predicted. And the United States is faring far better than other countries are right now. Mm-hmm. Here's Axios with more on that. The worst of the inflation crisis looks to be firmly behind us. Price gains appear to be on a path to returning to normal, but there is huge uncertainty about how long that will take, with plenty of hurdles still ahead. Headline CPI rose 3%, or 2.97% unrounded, in the 12 months through June, the smallest increase since March 2021. That reflects milder price gains for a slew of goods, including food, and outright deflation for other items consumers buy, like airline fares, which fell 8% in June. That cooling is happening alongside a still healthy labor market and solid wage gains, which officials worried could stoke inflation in this category. The economy is defying predictions that inflation would not fall absent significant job destruction, top White House economic advisor Lael Brainard said Wednesday afternoon at the Economic Club of New York, according to prepared remarks. Annual inflation has now declined every month for 12 months in a row, she said, and inflation in the United States is now the lowest among G7 nations, even as our economic recovery from the pandemic has been the strongest. And oddly enough, there is one specific outlier here. Can you guess? Yeah, you're right. It's the state of Florida, which now has the highest inflation rate in the country and also just lost a major insurance provider who backed out of the state because of destructive, inhospitable weather caused by climate change. Yeah, this is something that's not like talked about nearly enough. Uh, But yeah, I mean, insurance companies are pretty non-ideological. They are the canary in the coal mine. But yeah, they they deal with the information they have. And yeah. the, the information they have suggests that uh, it is uh, not, not a good idea to insure homes that are in areas like pff, parts of Florida that are Repeatedly, just increasingly yeah. going to be hit by more and more hurricanes as the climate continues to change. Yeah, I, a very timely book that I read at the beginning of the year called Fire and Flood, it is very specific about uh, using this as the narrative of being like, hey, Climate change is real because if you want to see the economic aspect of this, if you want it in hard data, look at what the insurance companies are doing. Uh, well, Ricky, it sounds like the insurance companies have gone woke. That is one way of putting it. And you sound just like the like uh, the chief financial officer of the state insurance of Florida. Insurance is woke now. Yeah. Well, here's CBS News with more on the inflation part of it. Inflation is rapidly cooling across the U.S. unless you live in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Residents in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach area saw prices shoot up 9% in May compared with a year earlier. By comparison, nationwide inflation for the same period was less than half that rate with prices rising 4% in May compared with a year earlier. People living in the Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater area have it slightly easier with inflation rising at a 7% annual pace, but that's still much higher than the U.S. as a whole. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a big reason for Florida's inflation rate is it's the housing. Yeah. And now, even if you can afford a home in Florida, it it just got a hell of a lot harder to get it insured. 
which you, you would want that. Yeah. Insurance. Speaking from experience, uh, <laughs> you're going to want to get your house insured in Florida because, uh, yeah, Florida is pummeled by hurricanes and flooding year after year, which is also the reason why insurers are fleeing. Or, Elliot? Yeah, maybe it's, uh, as Florida's chief financial officer puts it. Yeah, and you put it. And me. <laughs> the insurance companies have gone woke. That's right. They've gone woke. Here's WPLG. The fallout continues after another major insurance company chose to pull out of Florida's ailing property insurance market. Farmers Insurance said Tuesday it will bump, 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 bump. We are not <laughs> giving you insurance in Florida. Bump, 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 bump. We are leaving. Bump, 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 bump. Bye, 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 bye. Uh, Florida, Farmers Insurance said Tuesday it will no longer service the Florida insurance market, affecting thousands of automobile, home, and umbrella insurance policy. Why do you need insurance on an umbrella? Oh, it'll blow away. Oh, umbrella. Oh, it means something different. Oh, okay. This business decision was necessary to effectively manage risk exposure, the company said in a statement. Meanwhile, Florida Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas, who oversees insurance companies, dissed farmers as woke and promised to investigate and accuse the company of playing politics. The woke claim apparently stems from the company's commitment to environmental, social, and governance, and its decision to become a signatory of the United Nations Principles for Sustainable Insurance. Those bastards. And look, this sucks for the residents of Florida, but this is capitalism working as intended. Yeah. Which is why drastic measures have to be taken, and people unfortunately, probably shouldn't expect to live in areas that are prone to destruction as a result of climate change unless they're willing to take the bet that their property will be spared. We've got similar problems out here in California, and it's getting worse everywhere. It's almost like we're all beginning to start reaping what this country and others have been sowing for the past 150 years or so. But mostly us. Yes. I did this. Well, not me. Not me personally. Not me the guy personally. I know. <laughs> A country I know yes. did this. Uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, the fires are uh, every day. So far, it's just been some like brush fires, but they've been way too close for my comfort. They have. Uh, uh, in fairness, the at least in California, we have become a lot better through repeated experience at uh, stopping fires before they get out of control. Yeah, you just uh, immediately like nine one one now. Yes, uh, and there's a lot more resources that go into it. Uh, Forest wildfires, totally different beast. Yeah. That's uh, a... Lightning striking or campfires out of control or just general... Gender reveal parties. Gender re and general human stupidity. Uh, those can spread very fast in a yeah. very large area. Um, but sadly, through experience, getting slightly better at it, uh, much harder when an entire gigantic state... A storm the size of the entire state just sits yeah. over that state and pummels it with water and wind yeah. and storm surges. Um, and you could understand. This, if you want a historical note on this, look at what happened in the wake of one of the most destructive hurricanes, Hurricane Andrew in the 90s, because there were dozens of insurance companies that just went, well, we're out of business now. I yeah. mean... We cannot afford to cover all these claims. Yeah. So why did we set up business in a state that gets hit by hurricanes multiple times a year? Uh, the money was good till it wasn't, right, folks? Anyways, <sighs> we have two updates from previous stories that we covered this week before we let you go. Uh, first up, yes, it turns out we were right to be skeptical of the TikTok boat jumping challenge. Mm -hmm. 
being a thing. In our video from earlier this week, we spoke about the apparent epidemic of boat jumping videos on TikTok that had resulted in multiple deaths. And obviously jumping off of a boat at high speeds is dangerous, and it was extremely unfortunate that people lost their lives doing so. But we doubted the legitimacy of the claims that this was an actual viral challenge sweeping the nation's mm -hmm. youth. Uh, it was just humans doing dumb human shit. Same, yeah. as, same as it ever was. That's right. And friend of the show, Taylor Lorenz, actually looked into this, and it turns out that the TikTok challenge theory is complete bullshit. Here's more from her article in the Washington Post, and links are always down in the description below. Make sure to check out the entire article, but here you go. On Monday morning, the Today Show broadcast a television segment about an alleged TikTok challenge that was killing people. A stunt intended to rack up views. It's known as the boat jumping challenge, the host declared. The news segment and subsequent article on Today.com claimed multiple people have died after attempting boat jumping challenge on TikTok. The segment was broadcast to an audience of millions, ran across local NBC affiliates nationwide, and spread onto local NBC sites. Dozens of stories followed. People, Forbes, The Daily Mail, The New York Post, and countless other outlets repeated what the Today Show had claimed, that at least four people's deaths were directly tied to this alleged TikTok challenge. But it was all untrue. There is no boat jumping challenge on TikTok. Oh, but I really wanted it to be true. Yeah. No. A real boogeyman for the rest of the country to be big mad at. Could you imagine like a completely landlocked area with no lakes and uh, a parent scolding their you child? You better not be jumping any boats today. That's right. Getting yourself killed. I saw it on the Today Show and Hoda would never lie. Uh, the article continues. Before the media frenzy, no boat jumping videos had gone viral on TikTok and no hashtag related to jumping off boats had ever been popular on TikTok, according to the company. Not a single trending audio on TikTok has ever been linked to jumping off boats. The Alabama law enforcement agency issued a statement denouncing the story. On Monday, July 3rd, a news story was shared regarding first responders warning against a deadly boating TikTok trend after recent drownings in Alabama. The organization tweeted on Monday, Please be advised that the information released to the news outlet was incorrect. The ALEA Marine Patrol Division does not have any records of boating or marine-related fatalities in Alabama that can be directly linked to TikTok or a trend on TikTok. There you go. So, yeah, it's just someone tying the latest panic to whatever the biggest social media site is because everyone needs someone to blame. We see this repeatedly. Anytime I see TikTok trend, especially in a local news report, my, I... I get very suspicious, and I usually I click over to TikTok, and I'm like, this is bullshit. Yeah, and often the examples they provide don't even have that many views. No, it, they're they're going out of their way to find somehow that this is tied to a it's, challenge. And it's, it's the same way that like uh, a lot of sites like New York Post uh, have for years been like, oh, those libs on Twitter are saying this, and it's literally like one person with like five followers tweeted something, yeah. and they write a whole fucking article and about it. And the problem it. with this is that it, this wasn't a real thing, and then it gets boosted by the Today Show with a reach of millions, and then has the risk of actually becoming a challenge. I bet there was like probably some like 10-year-old kid wanted to have his 10-year birthday party on a boat with his friends. He was so excited. Took a big be, swig of the Grimace shake. It's gonna be bye-bye. It's gonna be a nice birthday party out there on the boat on the lake. And then his mom saw the Today Show and he's like, Nope, Timmy, we're canceling the party. I know, I know what you're up to. You're gonna do that boat jumping challenge, you and your friends. And you're all gonna die. And no well, grimace shakes because they will kill you. Yeah, I've I seen saw what, it. I saw I've it. Seen what happens. It's horrific, actually. Yeah. Supernatural. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thanks to her reporting and previous reporting, uh, that the entire reason I was immediately skeptical of this is because she's gone and refuted these claims multiple times over the years. So yeah. there you go. But in another update to a story that we've been covering, Twitter has been sued once again. This time over its failure to provide contractually obligated severance to its employees. And the claim is coming directly from someone who would certainly have firsthand knowledge of how this is supposed to work. Um, someone from the Human Resources Department. Yeah, HR. Yeah, they, they would know about those things. Here's Rolling Stone with the update. A former Twitter employee has filed a $500 million class action lawsuit against Elon Musk and the social media company, alleging they've skimped out on severance for the thousands of workers fired since Musk's takeover last year. The lawsuit was brought by Courtney McMillan, a former HR department employee who says she was among 3,700 employees fired on November 4th, 2022. It continues, the lawsuit claims that since Musk's acquisition, the company has terminated approximately 6,000 employees and Twitter has failed to pay any of these employees the promised severance benefits they were entitled to under the terms of the Twitter severance plan. The lawsuit alleges that some severance payments have fallen short of what the plan required, while it cites recent reporting that indicates that some laid-off employees have yet to receive anything. In total, the lawsuit estimates that terminated employees are entitled to no less than $500 million. A lawyer for Musk did not immediately return Rolling Stone's request for comment. This guy is so fucked. Yep, this, he's cooked. This, like, he owes so much fucking money, and it's going to catch up with him. And what the hell is he going to do? That's why he's freaking out about, like, owing $90 million, or he, he doesn't even owe it. It's, it's gone. Yeah, the, it's but, gone. He but, wants it back. But $90 million paid to uh, the old Twitter's attorneys not being uh, left over when he took over. Like, yeah. it was less than 1% of, like, the actual purchase costs. He is pinching pennies and now, weirdly, uh, paying all of his top simps like $10,000 to yeah, do the, what they would have already been doing, which is posting. The Twitter monetization has arrived, and it is... Stupid. Very weird. Yeah. Yeah. So... And and also just only encourages uh, the existing behavior of just... To continue. Replying to every one of Elon Musk's tweets. And getting worse. Yeah. It's... There's going to be some weird shit that comes out of this. Mark my words. Because... Yeah. Anyways, uh, first off... Make sure you like this video. It's it's the end of the video, but hold hold still. Like the video. Hit the button. Confetti shoots. We Come all on. have a great time. Hit the button. We love you for Come it. On. The channel gets bigger. Do it. Everything's great. Thank you. But I do have another important ask for you today. Before you go, uh, you're probably aware by now, but some of our friends at Funhouse have been working on a new channel called All Good, No Worries. And it is just chock full of positive vibes and fun people hanging out doing fun things. It is a bright light in the dark caverns of YouTube. Anyways, I was lucky enough to join Charlotte on her new game show, Please Be Nice to Me, and I was in competition against Kasim G, Travel Danielle, and, uh, well, you'll have to watch the show to see if I won the title of nicest person on earth. I think I did a pretty good job, but you'll have to, you'll have to see. Right. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time, and I am wearing a top hat for a lot of the episode because I, do, I am, historically, I will never read emails. I skim it. I say yes, whatever. Lots of details get lost in there. Yeah, I'll see that. It has barely come back to bite me in the ass. One time, uh, 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 someone was attached to the email back at Machinima where I said that they were doing a bad job and they were actually attached to the email. Didn't read that one fully. Kind of embarrassed for a while. But it was true. They weren't doing a great job. Uh, Tough love. <laughs> this time, I was instructed to uh, wear office attire 
And I clearly did not read that because I showed up in jeans and a t-shirt like I always do. So I had to use the prop department and was in an oversized business coat and top hat. I'm here to do office work. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I was dressed like that. But yeah, please go check out the episode and give them a like so they invite both of us back next time. Charlotte already hit me up and was like, gotta get you and Elliot on. Again, let's go. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll try to directly link it. I think we can link outside channels in the outro. Guess we'll find out. We'll find out, but otherwise it is in the description below. Go check out the video. Maybe it worked on here. Either way, you'll find it. Leave a nice comment, give them a like, and we'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.